Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Well, beatings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. It is a delight to have you with us, and we are. It is Lifeline, the Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard tonight, who is the real... uh, uh, impetus behind the program this evening. Uh, I'm simply your moderator who just is along for the ride and the enjoyment of talking about Christ and gossiping about the Lord Jesus. So I trust as you uh, find your way home on this Friday evening that you'll join us and spend a little time in in, in being encouraged in Christ. Tonight, we got a great show lined up for you this evening. I'm excited about this because uh personally for me it's been more than a minute i've in fact talking to him earlier uh phil uh, we figured it's at least 15 years since uh pastor dave ekman and i have spent any time together so uh dave ekman is going to join us here in just a, a couple of minutes and we're going to spend some time tonight on the issue of discipleship uh i'm i'm looking forward to this because i i'm a guy who understands koinonia and we need koinonia, uh, and, and a lot of that shows up in fellowship. So, um, I th- hey, uh, I don't know if we've got a, yeah, we've got a feedback there a little bit. Uh, I think we'll we'll get it sorted out. I, I know I know that the guy at the other end is going, yeah, I've got this under under control. Anyway, we're going to be talking about discipleship this evening, and uh, Pastor Dave Ekman is going to join us and I've got a serious feedback so we're going to try and get this sorted out and see if we can't uh, get some things going on here Um, at any rate uh, Dave is going to spend some time with us you you know uh, no not quite not quite I've got the guy who's running all the knobs at no, it's even worse, brother. Uh, trying to fix and sort this out. So, <laughs> yeah, you gotta love live radio. It's really cool, man. It, it gets you at the edge of your seat. And uh, well, let no, not quite. I can still hear it in the background. So, as, as long as we sound okay at your end, there, Mister Nate, uh, engineer guy. Okay, well, good enough. Then we we'll deal with it on our end. It, it's it's a minor issue. Uh, it forces us to sprout wings on the back pockets of our pants, <laughs> and that's what we do. We fly with them. So let's get back on topic here. Discipleship. Phil, um, when it comes to discipleship, there are a variety of ideas, and if, if in fact, if you were to come up with uh, descriptions of what discipleship is, there's an awful lot of people who's got an awful lot of different ideas of what this word really means. And that's what we plan to look at tonight, because uh, in 2014, uh, the Navigators uh, linked up with Barna uh, Research Group, and they began this study and have interviewed thousands of people <clears throat> And they wrote a uh, summary called The State of Discipleship, uh, basically in American churches. 
and we're going to pick up selected uh, data from their report as discussion points because I think even as you use the word koinonia, uh, we use the word discipleship, and I'm sure that those outside the church says they must be speaking in tongues because I don't know what they're talking about. It's unintelligent. Uh, unless you had Greek and know what koinonia means, uh, they don't know. Discipleship, uh, it's a buzzword in the church, and you hear people and pastors always asking, uh, what are you doing to disciple your people? And uh, we'll get into that later in this discussion tonight. And if you're a listener and you have discipleship questions, uh, this would be a b- good broadcast to pose your question. Uh, and we're going to uh, have Dr. Dave Ekman uh, is going to be joining us for this discussion. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Dr. Ekman. Uh, David Ekman uh, graduated his theological training. He had a, uh, a Master of Divinity, a Master of Theology, a Ph.D. I know he did some of his Ph.D. work at Oxford Seminary under James Barr. Uh, He pastored for 15 years, uh, was the dean and vice president of Western Seminary, located in Portland, but he did the Bay Area branches in Sacramento and Los Gatos. He's now the president of Becoming What God Intended Ministries, and he's been that president for 22 years. He runs a ministry called Head to Heart Discipleship. And uh, I've taken that class, and it was wonderful. Uh, He's been a missionary and teacher in Asia for 13 years. His material is used in a seminary in Hong Kong, and he was among many Chinese believers. He's authored over 12 books and is an international lecturer and quite fluent in various languages. A wonderful brother that I happened to go to seminary with in the 60s and has had a wonderful discipleship, teaching, training ministry for years. Welcome, David, to uh, Lifeline and the Truth for Today edition. The aspect Pastor Howard for about 50 plus years. And it's a deep and good friendship, and good to be talking to you and to Andy. We're going to be uh, uh, interacting with the Barna study on discipleship, and uh, David and I will interact on some of these questions, and I'll pose questions to David. And uh, and then we'll just have a good time discussing this issue. Let me read a matter of the terms. What terms would you use to describe spiritual growth? This is from uh, the Barna study. The number one choice was becoming more Christ-like. The second one was discipleship. Uh, other words, it seems to be a synonym for becoming like Christ. I don't know that you and I ever grew up with those definitions. If I ask you, 
how would spiritual growth be defined biblically? Or what is the process of it? Well, the, when you come into the New Testament, Christ in the Gospel says a call to discipleship. But where that is spelled out, it's spelled out in the epistles in detail. But interestingly, and uh, Philip, you mentioned this in an earlier conversation we had today, the term discipleship and disciple disappears out of the book of Acts and does not appear in the epistles. Instead, they talk about maturity. They talk about a, an affectionate love relationship with God the Father. They talk about living out of our union with Christ. They talk about being empowered, that is, having the rich fruit of the Spirit in our lives and the perspective of the Spirit. It's very specific about grounding and founding believers in a healthy growth pattern that involves the Trinity. Hmm. Now, and in this study, none of that, uh, none of the members of the Trinity even came up. It was all knowing Christ. I'll give you a term, definitions of discipleship. On page 98 of this study says, this was the number one definition. Discipleship is the process where a person purposely joins God to increasingly follow and live like Jesus through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the input of others. And that was the top-ranked uh, discipleship dictionary, as it were. And as you mentioned, there's not a mention of the Father at all in the study, but a process of a person becoming increasingly more like Christ with the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit. Would you see any problems with that definition? Well, the, at least God and Christ and the Spirit are mentioned in that basic definition. But the irony is, the more Christ-like we become, the more familiar we become with God the Father, and the more affection we exchange with the Father. We sense the Father's love and affection for us. We respond with affection. And the more Christ-like we are, the more responsive we are to the Holy Spirit. The more our emotional life is affected by the Holy Spirit, the more our thinking and perspectives are affected by the Holy Spirit. And in a sense, Christ-likeness is really a rich experience with each member of the Trinity. Beautiful. Right. Oh, that's amazing. And it's a great foundation as well that uh, that we're trying to lay here this evening on Lifeline. Uh, uh, Dave Ekman, Dr. Ekman is our guest tonight, along with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, Pastor Emeritus. It is the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. We do have to take our first time out this evening, take care of some business, and we will come back and continue the conversation if you would like to join the conversation. Maybe you have a question about discipleship and what it looks like, what it means, how it uh, how it flushes out in your own life. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5300. 
1-800-259-9229. Let's take a quick time out. We are off to the KFAX Traffic Center for that look at your commute. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. It's uh, Andy Froyland along with Pastor Phil Howard. We are coming to you on our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And if you'd like to join the conversation, tonight's topic surrounds discipleship. Uh, are you a Lone Ranger? Or, or do you have a desire to, to go this journey with others? And, and that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. And if you have that desire, then what does it look like? And if you don't have that desire, how do you generate it? I, I think I, a very interesting uh, in this survey on page 100, they pose this question. Thinking about the church you attend most often, how much emphasis would you say that church places on growing in your spiritual life? And uh, uh, all Christians said a lot. And those who are known as practicing Christians, and I hate to think there's any other kind, uh, <laughs> say 73%. But then uh, some say not too much, but that was pretty low. But then they go to a question, overall, how well would you say today's churches are doing at discipling new and young believers? Senior pastors answered it 1% Mm. at doing very well, which was shocking. All church leaders said only 1%. And... um, those who have been navigator teachers, uh, th- their comment was zero. Others, it seems to be the consensus that the church isn't doing anything to help establish a young believer. Uh, David, what has been your experience as you look on the uh, church scene? You, you're in many churches uh, since you left the pastorate and become a teacher at seminary, whatever. Uh, what's your appraisal of what's going on in local churches when it comes to teaching uh, the new believer, any believers, uh, the riches they have in Christ? Well, I'll not only speak about the United States, I'll speak about China, the Chinese churches, Taiwanese churches, Singaporean churches, Hong Kong churches, and essentially the problem is the same. Systematic discipleship of new believers, young believers, or any believers is not occurring. That is, there is a very small percentage of churches that across the world that take discipleship seriously. And when we talk about discipleship, we're talking about biblical discipleship that is meant to connect us to each member of the Trinity richly and also connect us in a rich emotional experience with the Trinity. Um, Okay. And and David, you use this term, which uh, when we were growing up in seminary together, you keep throwing in this word rich emotional experience. And, uh, you know, when we went to school, if you use emotional, 
they they were suspect of you. They thought you had a problem. Uh, wh- why do you use that word so much? Well, part of it is the humor of the seminary that you and I went to. You were just coming out of Pentecostalism, and you were richly emotional, in, in the best sense of the word, just delightfully warm person. You stood out like a sore thumb, and nobody knew what to do with you at the seminary that I attended. If you knew information, if you did the right things, that was called Christianity. But when you step into the New Testament, Christianity is not only a thing of the mind, it's a thing of the heart, which is why we call our discipleship program Head to Heart. My own experience was that I became a Christian out of a non-Christian home. I was emotionally shut down because of growing up with an alcoholic dad. And as a result, I walked into the Christian churches, the conservative churches I was in, and fit right in, because they were emotionally shut down, too. Now, couldn't figure out the reasons then, but over the next 20 years, I discovered the reasons, which is they reduce Christianity to what you know and what you do, and not with Mm. what excites the heart. But you were, I mean, numerously, you were the grand exception. You and your (laughs) friends were the grand exceptions. The odd guys, they actually were happy. Well, and and they they knew we we needed therapy because uh, we, we, you know, we, we had joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it's quite interesting when you read Religious Affections, Jonathan Edwards picked that verse to dedicate the whole book, Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. We used to sing that song as Pentecostals, and believe me, the place jumped because we were so excited. But Jonathan Edwards said what happened in the Great Awakening is that same dynamic. People came alive to God, and they weren't robots, and they weren't frozen. Um so, I mean, and I've watched that transformation uh, in your own life. Um, I see on page 101, they ask, what things uh, have you practiced as a part of your discipleship? What has impacted you the most? And they list in their rating, the top thing was regular prayer. And I find it's rare to find a Christian who knows how to pray. Uh the most they may do is pray over their food. Uh, but then they listed quiet time as a 95%, uh, which is a great navigator emphasis uh, to get people to have that quiet time. Um, and I see going on down quiet time, studying the Bible, uh do, do you think the average attender at church could tell you what any New Testament book is about? Let's say Colossians. Would you please tell me Deacon so-and-so or uh, Brother so-and-so in row three, what, what is the theme and the message of Ephesians? Do you think that kind of comprehension is going on? Well, 
it would be the deer in the headlights look which is one of oh my goodness i i think i've been caught now there there are exceptional believers who really study the word but again it becomes an issue of do these truths become become emotionally rich and then more important than that is the truth about God the Father really understood that he has begot us as his children. We're children of God under his affection, under his affection. Are we, do we recognize we're in union with Christ? We're accepted the way Christ is accepted. Do we sense and understand how the Holy Spirit leads us? Because, again, even after I describe what's in Ephesians, the question is where it says, be spirit-filled, am I spirit-filled? So it even goes beyond information to this thing called integration. Mm, yes. Well, and I think, uh, and I've seen in some of your literature, can we get beyond information to transformation? Uh, when has a metamorphosis of the in, inside man changed? And I, I think I I was gripped by Philippians 2 a while back, uh, looking at uh, the morphe there in the form of God, that the passage said he was a servant before he ever became a man. He already had the attitude working in him in eternity. And yeah. I just look at so many people uh, that uh, is an overflow or is it overwork? I mean, there's some people, their Christianity is so grim that it's hard to get any recruits. Well, um, that's, that's the difference between a spontaneous love affair where the parties are delighted with one another and working in a factory under a supervisor you really don't like. And mm. we're oh my to a spontaneous love affair because he loved us first. But we need to know that more than just information, we need to sense that. Because when, when we feel loved, when we feel safe, when we feel accepted, there is something that happens in the human heart that just erupts with joy. Mm. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. We've got to take another quick time out, uh, Dave. Hold that thought. Uh, the love affair, man, that that's that, that's that's hitting a, a, a resonant uh, string at the moment. So hold that thought. We'll take a quick time out and come back and continue our conversation tonight here on Lifeline. It's all about discipleship. If you'd like to join the conversation, maybe you have a question yourself. Feel free to pick up the phone and give us a call. 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center now. Another look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. Oh, I tell you, man, I wish there were times that we could record what we do in between while we've got commercials running because the uh, the conversation 
that uh, you, our listeners, are not privy to at times can be quite fascinating and just enjoyable. So it is Lifeline, Andy Froyland, Pastor Phil Howard, the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Truth For Today can be heard Monday through Friday here on KFAX, 5.30 in the morning. Great way to wake up in the morning. What a way to start the day with God's Word and a passionate plea to love Christ. That's Truth For Today. And then Sundays, 8.30 as well. What a, what a way to start the day, right? Yes, and Andy, why don't you pose your uh, question to uh, David uh, as you were really uh, come alive here in the studio at the thought of uh, knowing Christ as a romance uh, instead of uh, I have to pray, I have to be there. Uh, like I'm in a yoke that is will rub me raw instead right. of a yoke that's easy. Yeah. And the most delightful thing in our life. Well, Dave, you, you touched on it uh, just before the break. That It's this divine romance that we've got going on. And discipleship, I, 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 you know, as a layman, as somebody who's in the church, I, I look on to all of this and I, I can't help but think that it's become a duty. Uh, discipleship is this program. It's this plan. It's a four-week. It's new believers only. It's a four-week program, six-week program, eight-week program, and we've got, we're going to go through A, B, C, and D, and you'll be able to do E, F, and G at the by the time you're done. And it's a duty rather than a love relationship that we are trying to inspire not just in the new believer or old believer, but in one another. This thing goes both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly it does. Could you imagine if a young man went to a dad and said, I want to marry your daughter, and he and he asked permission to marry the man's daughter. And after he gets done with his sales pitch about what a wonderful guy he is, the father says to this potential son-in-law, there's only one problem here. You have never smiled when you talked about my daughter. No, you cannot marry my daughter until you smile when you mention her name. Well, in in the same way, uh, we have to disciple, as Philip would like to say, when our what's your line, Philip? About if you're happy, inform your face so that it looks happy. right. Yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. You if you're happy, like inform that. your notify your face. Yeah. <laughs> well, you disciple until they start smiling. That's real discipleship. Paul in Colossians chapter two verses one through four said, "We disciple until you are confident in the love of Christ." And, and what's the indicator of confidence? That's a soft skill. That's where you look at the face, you look at the affect, you look at their eagerness. And those are the emotional goals and affective goals. So that when you've got a believer in that place, then put them to work, because it will be overflow. Well, I think it's, uh, uh, you will recall which book, but C.S. Lewis saying uh, that Christianity was meant to be a dance and that right. uh, the man forgets he's perspiring when he's looking into the beautiful eyes of this woman that's captured his heart. And uh, I'm waiting to just find saints uh, of any variety 
that uh, are caught up in that dance and that uh, the romance. You know, we used to say, I, I grew up uh, in Baptist schools, but was on the fringe because of the Pentecostals I ran with. And uh, I, I told one guy, I said, you know what? It's a lot easier to train fanatics than it is to raise the dead. And I, I said, <laughs> I'd love to see you become fanatical about God. <laughs> a, re- a resurrection on any level. Is- on any level, we'll take it. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, we, I look at this page, uh, trying to get you to be sober here, on page 104. <laughs> What percent of your church's members are currently involved in some sort of discipleship group, relationship, or program? Well, all church leaders said 13%. Senior pastors said 15%. Discipleship leaders said 7%. So let's say at the most, uh, 10% would be the median that we even have people that would show yeah, up to what is called a discipleship program, which they may never hear of the Trinitarian relationship. They never, may never know what it means to be in Christ and to be uh, accepted in the beloved. And God, God forbid that they ever learn what propitiation means or justification or adoption. You know, we don't need these terms to be uh, fruitful in the Christian life. That's for Seminary 101. And and what a tragedy uh, that many of us in the pulpit, I think, dumb down what we think the saints can get. And we must realize this. If we got it, and I'm talking about me, this guy, if I got it, you can get it if the Spirit is the teacher. We've got to we've got to dignify God's people and give them the full message, because they will chew on these concepts like all of us for the rest of their life. They, one can meditate on one simple fact every day, and it'll change the life. Which is when I see Christ on that cross, that's God dying for me. That is God humbling himself out of affection for you, me, and this world. And if that is God, there is no such thing as a bad day. If that's God on the cross dying for us, oh my goodness, our hearts got to get wrapped around it and not end up just being uh, factory workers in a canning factory canning tomatoes, we're involved mm. in, in the most powerful thought in the world. God died for us. Amazing. Amazing. We've got to take a quick time out, gentlemen, and pay some bills here. But when we come back, we will continue our conversation <laughs> with, uh, with, with Pastor Dave Ekman, Dr. Dave Ekman, Pastor Dr. Dave Ekman with Pastor Dr. Phil Howard. 
here tonight. We want you to get it right. <laughs> uh, there, there are so many avenues I could go with this. We will continue the conversation on discipleship here on Lifeline on AM 1100 KFAX. Right now we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center with another look at your commute. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland with you this evening along with Pastor Phil Howard and uh, Dr. Dave Ekman joining us tonight talking about the issue of discipleship. You've got your Bible open, brother. What do you got going on over there? Well, you going to get radical on us? I'm going to get radical. <laughs> I, I looked up the concept of discipleship that, uh, as David mentioned, ended the usage of the word in Acts. And uh, I, I started Valley Bible Church 50 years ago, and my, uh, my paradigm uh, to follow was Ephesians 4, and I, I listened to him say, I gave these gifted men to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge, I think that is an experiential knowledge, of the Son of God and become mature. Uh, and he goes on to say, not tossed to and fro by every doctrine, people that learn the truth and love, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You've got a measurement there where we're to equip the saints. And it's where... Mike and what I've learned, I love to preach. I've been trying since I was 15. And uh, I came to see, after being evangelist for about seven years, I wound up at a small school in Livermore, California, 1885 College Avenue. And I taught there for four years. Well, I was coming from a tradition of altar calls, uh, how many people got saved, a lot of that kind of language. And now I'm giving grades to students. There's midterms, there's finals. And I saw more lives changed in that small school, maybe 130, 140 students, than all my preaching. And I've come to see preaching alone doesn't seem to equip the saints. It, it sets the mood, I hope, can set the atmosphere, maybe the temperature of the church. Ray Stedman used to say it ought to be the central burner of a church. But somewhere, somehow, you've got to step down from the pulpit and get into Bible studies, or however you do it, where people's minds are changed and their hearts are made to burn. I mean, once they understand it, then the heartburn begins. And that's what, but I'm finding today, we're always looking for great preachers or great speakers. Uh, no, no, no. We're wanting someone to dance, just walk us into this equipping, maturing uh, experiential knowledge of the Savior, and that's often based upon they will imitate the teacher. And if the teacher's overflowing, I think it will splash on them. 
David, doesn't that give us then uh, a, a, a mandate, if you will, when it comes to discipleship to be um, very tangible and very accessible, especially in leadership in the church? There's two parts to the ministry of Christ. One was public proclamation. The other was private conversation, and usually small group private conversation. He went from the crowds to the 12 to the three. And that intentionality, that getting around people, preaching tremendously improves when you begin to understand all of the craziness, junk, and and confusion that's going on in the human heart. And as you see the level of confusion, you develop the skill to speak to it privately and in the pulpit. It's really important to be engaged, regularly engaged with discipleship if you're a pastor. Otherwise, you're flying in the dark. You're just talking to a crowd, but the crowd is individual hearts. Mm, yes. And and I, I think Andy was telling me that when he went to Europe and uh, learned about uh David Martin Lloyd Jones uh, through his daughter, and got with some Welsh uh, Calvinist, uh, as he shared with me. They taught him to be a pastor more than a preacher, and I think pastoring has almost become a lost art in many areas. It's all great communication, great speech making, but I, I love your emphasis one on one small groups, I, I want to know the sheep. I, I want to know their insanity, right. that we could address it. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I, I think we're, I'm, I'm challenged by we want to mature the saints. Let me read another passage. Uh, you may need your Greek Testament for this. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training. There's our word. Training, padia, in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be uh, incomplete, a flop, a miserable, (laughs) while he's... No, that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. And that word was used of a wagon that was completely outfitted for the journey. It was used of a rescue boat that it had been so thoroughly equipped, it was ready to go to sea and rescue. The Word of God is our instrument. There's no way around that. It is designed to mature, equip, and get the saints where they're outfitted for the Christian life. And sometimes, uh, let's not dance around it. We may change our approach of how we teach the Bible. And uh, uh, God forbid that some of the saints have had to set under some of us. It's a wonder they learned anything. But here's the instrument. Here's the, uh, in other words, sometimes in this study they were talking different kinds of curriculum, Where's the curriculum? Scripture is guaranteed to change the hearer if it's done right. 
and I think in the right setting and mixing the private with the public. I would absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. <laughs> I would add that this note to it that it has to be an intelligently designed process that allows believers to interact with one another because fellowship is the great sharpener of the heart. Mm. And in this process, the believer needs to be trained in the truths of each member of the Trinity. They have to be trained to understand how to manage the emotions of the heart through knowing the members of the Trinity, knowing God is a good dad, knowing our union with Christ. And, and I keep repeating these Trinitarian truths because we're, in, we're children in the family of God, and where the excitement of childhood and the excitement of teenage spirituality and the excitement of mature spirituality is the more we engage with that family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the more pleasure we'll find in spiritual things, and the easier it'll be to share the gospel, and the easier it will be to do things that please God, because we want to please the family, and we want to take care of the children of God. Hmm. Do you think uh, Trinitarian emphasis has been lost in most churches? Well, it's uh, sort of a fan club thing, where uh, you ask people about the Trinity, and they'll say, well, I'm a number one fan of the Holy Spirit, or I'm a number one fan of Jesus. And fascinatingly, God the Father is mentioned least of all, but Christ has come to introduce us to God the Father. And it's a fandom. When you find in Scripture, it's a fellowship of three persons who profoundly love each other and have come on a mission of rescue to love us out of love for us. And the Trinity, if, quite frankly, I've been in churches all over the world, and the Trinity often is like a, tra a severe traffic accident where three people are involved and body parts are scattered all over the street and you don't know what belongs to whom. That, that's the state of the Trinity in, in the Church. Now, Phil, I think you know me, and I think you could say I'm not a critical guy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't like coming across as a critical guy. But mm -hmm. I'm relatively honest, and what I see is a traffic accident. I don't see Trinitarianism in too many churches. It's fandom, where one denomination picks out the Holy Spirit, another denomination picks out Jesus and be fans of Jesus. But the reality is, we're supposed to be interacting in a relationally different way with each member of the Trinity, and that's what the Trinity wants, that we get empowered by the Spirit of God, we live out of our identity in Christ, and a vital relationship with the Father, but man, it's a mess out there when it comes to the Trinity. I t you, you hold that thought, will you, Dave? Because I want to come back and continue with this, because it's really important that our listeners understand what we're saying 
and what you're explaining because it is really important we're we're missing out on something that is vitally important for the life of the church we've got to take a quick time out but when we come back we'll continue the conversation with dave ekman phil howard tonight we're talking about discipleship here on lifeline our truth for today edition of lifeline Questions, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That is our phone number. We'd love to talk with you, 888-367-5329. Right now, let's head off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We'll take a look at your commute. 